Hold those doors, a loud voice boomed. I'm here. The air hostess on the American Airlines flight AA6160 was about to close the heavy plane doors, just as Sandy screamed rather loudly and came running towards her. It was the bellowing high-pitched voice, along with the colourful eccentricity of the woman, that stopped her. Sandy arrived rather like a roadrunner and skidded to a halt, her multi-coloured hand luggage trailing behind her. Her hands barely managed to hold on to the trailing case, handbag and a small holiday leather pouch. The air hostess smiled at Sandy and let her through the doors. Made it, Sandy exclaimed while trying to catch her breath. Only just, replied the 45-year-old, over-made-up, stuck-up air hostess with a permanent smile. Sandy wasn't sure if it was just years of playing the hospitable hostess or if she had had semi-permanent makeup to make her look ready for play the part. Sandy suddenly realised she was staring and shook her head a little. She tried awkwardly to remove her boarding pass from her overstuffed leather pouch while still holding on to everything else. At first she tried using her teeth to pull the offending piece of paperwork from its pocket on the side whilst the air hostess moved from one leg to another, keeping her smile and pretending to be patient. Of course she couldn't possibly think of helping, Sandy thought. As the teeth didn't do the job, Sandy decided to offload everything onto the floor to be able to show her her boarding pass and get seated. Her designer handbag fell with a loud bang and her luggage landed in the same manner. The air hostess had the guile to say, can I help you with that? Sandy just looked up from the floor where she'd bent down to retrieve the fallen leather pouch with the elusive boarding pass. Uh, no, thank you. I've got it. And she passed it over to the extended hand. She noticed a small name tag pinned to the lapel of the stewardess's uniform. Plain, clear font was printed Agatha. Oh, you're in first class uttered Agatha, with her nose stuck in the air. Sandy wanted to say, and, then flick Agatha's dainty ankles so she would fall on the floor, but decided just to smile and get to her seat as quickly as possible. She was aware that 25 people surrounding her were watching for her next move. Follow me, said Agatha. Sandy retrieved her belongings and followed the stewardess up the aisle by turning left and walking through the business class cabin. She was totally oblivious to the people she passed and clipped with all her different bags. Agatha stopped and showed Sandy her seat. She dropped her oversized bag onto it and put her multicoloured case in the overhead compartment. She totally ignored the look of disdain from the other passengers and continued getting herself organised. With one huge sigh, <sighs> Sandy flopped into her seat as the seatbelt sign lit up. The captain's voice could be heard over the tannoy and it was time to go. Sandy sat there, reflecting on the last few tumultuous days. It had been a roller coaster ride through highs and lows and now it was time for her to start a new life. She was 52 years old and had spent all her life as a makeup artist. For the last 15 years, she'd been working on a daily soap opera called The Helter Skelter, a gig that had just landed in her lap one day. Sandy was a dreamer, 
a scatterbrained dreamer who, at the tender age of 15, decided she wanted to be a television or film director, but with no idea how to make it. She came from a traditionally middle-class Jewish family whose only hope for Sandra, as her parents called her, was to make a good Jewish home for herself and a good Jewish husband, preferably a doctor. The idea that their daughter wanted to be involved in the world of entertainment was as far away from their hopes as they could imagine. Sandra's dad was a stock taker. He went into businesses each year or when they wanted to sell to value the stock. It was now a dying trade as everything had become computerised. Luckily, Sandy, one's brother, was happy to take over the family business, leaving Sandra to follow her dreams. But without any guidance, she was left to her own devices. Sandy's mum was a homemaker. She loved to cook and tend the garden. Sandy soon realised that she wasn't anything like her mum and fought tooth and nail to be quite the opposite. She could still hear the dull tones of her mother saying... You'll need to get yourself a job, not run after silly dreams. This spurred Sandy to be resolute about her direction. All by herself, she secured a place at the London College of Fashion, London's leading school for makeup artists. Her reasoning was she would get herself trained, get on a film or TV set, and then somehow she'd become a director. <laughs> the tender thoughts of a 15-year-old. How wrong can they be? Sandy loved her time at college and left with a new talent and an air of London polish. Her first job was in Selfridges, the large department store in the middle of Oxford Street, one of London's busiest areas. Whilst working there, she got a call from a friend about a job that was going in a wedding hire shop. They were looking for a permanent makeup artist to make up the brides. Sandy loved the idea and quickly made an appointment to be interviewed. She got the job and spent the next 10 years working there.